Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boodoo, and we've made it to Election Day. Unless you've been under a rock, you should know it's Tuesday, November 3rd. And here's how we're going to make you smarter, not just this morning, but for the next 24 hours. Starting this afternoon, we'll be here with you every few hours for special mini episodes of the podcast, answering the urgent questions about this election. It's going to be a long night, but we will be there with you. So make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out. We get things started this morning with why voting is a sacred right, plus how the election could all come down to Pennsylvania. But first, Joe Biden's election plan is today's one big thing. Yesterday, we talked about Jonathan Swan's scoop that President Trump might declare a preemptive victory even well before all the ballots are counted. Axios's Margaret Taleb and Mike Allen are just a few of the people in the newsroom who are preparing for other scenarios, and they're here with us now. First of all, the two of you teamed up for a story that's about what lessons Joe Biden has learned from the disastrous election night back in 2000. To remind everyone, George Bush declared victory early, Al Gore conceded, and then he took back his concession. Biden obviously does not want a repeat of that. So how is that affecting his plans for tonight? No, Niall, you're exactly right. I think for Joe Biden, if it starts to look like mathematically he's the president-elect, I think that you will see him being assertive. I think that you will see him starting to talk to the nation as the president-elect. Now, he's not going to jump the gun. This is only after it's clear. But I think that you will hear the Biden campaign say, we are beginning our transition and start to talk about healing the country. So that's one scenario we might see. Margaret, another is this idea of a red mirage that we first heard of back in August, where Republicans may look like they have a solid lead on election night before all the votes are counted. But what are the updated models showing now on that front? This is the notion that we first heard about from a Democratic analytics firm that's funded by Mike Bloomberg called Hawkfish. And uh, they have updated that modeling based on some changes. And those changes include the fact that actually more Republicans did end up early voting in some places than they initially expected. They're holding by their prediction that there is going to be a red mirage, at the same time saying that that mirage might look smaller than initially expected. Mike, do you anticipate a blue mirage? Well, Nyla, we could have that because in some states, you will see that mail-in and absentee vote coming in first. So that could look a little bit like a blue mirage, whereas some states, they will instantly have both votes available and some states will be just the in-person vote at first. So the Axios advice to you is be patient. This is history. Soak it in. Stick to trustworthy information that is from reliable sources, and those sources are going to be super cautious, super careful. As one editor said to me, there's no point in being the first one to be wrong. Margaret, Mike, thank you. You guys are going to be back with us. (laughs) We're going to be around all day and night. Thank you. Nyla, have the best election day. We'll be back in 15 seconds with how litigation over Pennsylvania's vote could decide the election. Welcome back to Axios Today. We've been talking for months about how both sides are preparing for potential lawsuits and court battles. We've also been talking about how President Trump may declare victory before all the votes are counted. 
Noah Feldman is a constitutional law professor at Harvard. He also hosts the Deep Background podcast from our partners at Pushkin Industries. Hey, Noah, thanks for taking the time with us this morning. Thanks for having me. I wanted to start by asking about something you've been writing, which is that President Trump can't claim re-election victory if the votes haven't been counted without significant help. What did you mean by that? I think what we need to really do is distinguish between stuff that Donald Trump can say and stuff that he can actually do. To actually attempt to hold on to the reins of power, that wouldn't be simply a violation of the unwritten norm that you don't claim to be elected if you're not elected. That would be a violation of some actual laws that say it's not up to the president to decide who wins the presidency. One of the places where this could get messy is in Pennsylvania. So how much of the outcome could hinge on that state? Right now, it's the consensus of Supreme Court watchers and election watchers that the most probable location of a disastrous Bush v. Gore kind of scenario is Pennsylvania. So for that to happen, first of all, the election has to basically come down to Pennsylvania. Second of all, what would then have to happen is there have to be a lot of ballots still coming in after 8 p.m. on election day. Now, what's happened in terms of the current state of play can be summarized relatively simply. The state law says you got to get your ballot in by 8 o'clock on election day. The state Supreme Court interpreted the Pennsylvania Constitution to say it's COVID, we're giving a three-day extension. The U.S. Supreme Court declined to reverse their decision, but some of the justices basically said to Trump's lawyers, come back to us after the election is over and try again. And among other things, there's been a request by Trump's lawyers that the Pennsylvania election authorities separate out or segregate out all the ballots that are received after 8 p.m. on Election Day, so that if the issue goes back to the Supreme Court, those ballots could then be discounted. What we'd be talking about here would be actually stopping the ballots from ever being counted in the first place, directly blocking people who voted from having their ballots counted, and maybe deciding their presidency on that basis. How are you feeling about all of this? Like, what, what are you thinking? My brain is like a split screen on this. On the one hand, I'm trying to calmly rationally lay out each of the steps so that I can understand what's going on, which is my first job, and then try to explain it to people, which is my second job. And so I can figure out what I think about it, which is my third job. The other part of my brain is in full-on fantasy mode. You know, if only we could get a definitive win, I would prefer it to be for Joe Biden, but even a definitive win for Donald Trump would be better than a major national crisis over this. Noah Feldman is a constitutional law professor at Harvard, and he's also host, as he said, of the Deep Background podcast. Hey, Noah, thanks for taking the time to speak with us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I think the irony of this election is that while so many people are voting, we're just talking about the result. And it's easy to overlook how important actually voting is and how many Americans didn't have the right to do this just a few decades ago? The Reverend Dr. Otis Moss III is the grandson of Otis Moss Sr., who in 1964 set out to exercise his right to vote. Dressed in his Sunday best, he walked six miles to the closest polling site in Georgia. He was turned away, so he walked miles to the next and was turned away again. When he walked to the third place, he was told they were closed. His grandson thinks about that story every time he casts a ballot. The first time I had the opportunity to vote was in 1988. Reverend Moss is the pastor of Chicago's Trinity United Church of Christ. My father took me to Mercer Elementary School in Shaker Heights, Ohio. It was 
a very emotional moment is I realized that my grandfather was spiritually with me. But when I came out of the booth, there was my father with just about tears in his eyes. My grandfather's footsteps could be heard, as my father would say, in the voting booth. And it's a story he tells over and over again. It's not just a story of, of African-Americans. This is an American story. Everybody has their right in the band to bring something unique to the table. And we have to fight to ensure that every community and every voice is, is heard. Reverend Dr. Otis Moss III is the pastor of Chicago's Trinity United Church of Christ. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us this morning. Thank you so much. Reverend Dr. Otis Moss III has turned this into a film called Otis's Dream. And stay tuned to hear the rest of his story in a bonus episode we'll have for you later this week. And don't forget to subscribe to us to get not just that, but all of our special mini episodes that start this afternoon. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back in just a few hours for Axio Selection 2020.